0: Pre-record on my count, seven, six,
2: five, four, three, two,
0: roll A, fade up on A. To the, to the top. You're tuned in to
1: the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Tuesday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Center. We're in the Southern Bank Corps Studios here in Hattiesburg. Luke will be joining us a little later in the program from the Southern Bank Corps Studio in Laurel. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. Proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. And a great place to cater your next event, whether it be large or small. The food is always delicious. They do a really fine job of catering uh, at Dickey's Barbecue. So we hope that uh, you'll check them out next opportunity you get. Guys on the road this Thursday, Kelly, that'd be you and Murr. Y'all going to be down uh, back at Ramey's. That's always fun.
2: Always looking forward to our, to our buddies down there. And, of course, these shifting seasons kind of start into the fall line of different products and things that they'll have down there and talk a little football as well.
1: It's amazing. They have a man that the city's named after, Tony Purvis, and they have the greatest baseball player to in ever the play at Purvis. Of,
2: ever play at Purvis. Just ask him. All
1: in one building. It's just amazing. <laughs> also, 31st of this month, uh, you're gonna be there, I assume, at Mobet Vigier.
2: Uh does a bear well never mind. Yes, I'll I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there.
1: Friday before the opening of football season, Fourth Street Bar and Grill, I figure you'll show up for that one too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're, you're talking my language now Giddy. right up my alley I got you
1: all right later in the show we'll be hearing from defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong Kelly did a great interview with him earlier this week along with Quentin Bivens a new defensive tackle uh, for the Golden Eagles that a lot of be, a lot is being expected out of as well but first we want to visit with our good friend Heath Hinton owner and proprietor of the Big Gold Nation website and uh, Heath always good to have you on the Eagle Hour Heath, are you with us? Well, it appears we... I, I am. <laughs> okay. Can you hear me? I yeah. don't know
3: what just happened right then, but
1: uh, how are you doing, guys? Good to talk oh, to We're you, good. Sir. We're glad to, glad to have you back. All right. right, uh, two Less than two weeks away now. Um, what a fascinating opening game, Heath. Uh, Hugh Freeze uh, brings Liberty University here. I really can't think of, of a better scenario to uh, to open the season... Hugh Freeze named his starting quarterback. He had an interesting comment. Uh, let's talk just a little bit about Liberty, about what a master Hugh Freeze has become at taking transfer quarterbacks and developing into really quality players.
3: Yeah, you look at what he did with Bo Wallace at, uh, at Ole Miss. I mean, turned him into a really good, outstanding college quarterback, who I'm not mistaken, didn't they beat Alabama? I'm, just, I'm trying to remember, but I think maybe they did. Or- they got close once or twice. Look, Hugh Freeze, what he did with uh, Willis and, uh, at Liberty last year, you're talking about a guy who takes transfer quarterbacks and turns them into outstanding college quarterbacks, and now they've named Charlie Brewer as their uh, starting quarterback at Liberty. This is a guy who uh, transferred from Utah after being at Baylor and has thrown for more than 10,000 yards in his college career. So the young man can throw the ball. The young man has obviously done it at both places. Uh, one of those, one of those transfers, that Hugh Freeze gets in there. Man, they sometimes they turn out to be pretty good, and a lot of times they do. So, uh, interesting to see how what the Golden Eagle defense is going to do to uh, try to neutralize what Hugh Freeze likes to do in offense.
2: But the but the more and more that I see of this Southern Miss defense, and and they did all the heavy lifting last year, right? But the more I see of this defense this year, Heath, I think this Southern Miss defense cannot be just good, but I think it can be very good and maybe the best defense that Southern Miss has put on the field uh, since Todd Munkin was here.
3: Yeah, it's going to be uh, – you look at the front seven and what they got. Uh, you talk about Quentin Bibb. you're going to have him on. Just the things that they can do up front and Dalen Gill in at linebacker, especially – when Hayes Maples went out with an injury so deep there that you got a Dalen Gillick step in and play there. Uh, That defense should be going to keep Southern Miss in a lot of football games and going to help them win some games this year because they're just, they're an outstanding bunch who are deep at every position. If you think about it, even in the secondary, they're too deep. Linebacker, uh, too deep every position. They got was well, it eight guys on the front that play their three defensive line positions that are 300 plus pounds? When was the last time Southern Miss had eight guys that can play three defense? their three defensive line positions that are 800 pounds? I mean, they're, they're 300 pounds a team.
2: Well, and it shows you it shows you the it's, difference, too, of being fully stocked at the different positions when going into the season, Will Hall talked about, look, we, we had some decent players last year. We just didn't have enough of them. Well, now fully funded, Ooh. so to speak, at 85 scholarships, now you've got more able-bodied guys that can come in there and, and rotate to support what was already a solid defensive bunch.
3: Yeah, think about this, Kelly. You just said that. They had 62 scholarships last year. It's had 62 guys with scholarships. Think about this. A, a FCS school gets 65. So they were playing with less scholarship players than a lot of FCS schools have. So it was really interesting. Yeah, to get more depth, to get 23 extra players, that was huge. Scholarship players transferred, great immediate depth. You had some good players on the defensive side of the ball last year. That play extremely well, but you have know the depth they had in the transfer portal, and they should just keep the step forward going forward. Well, I'm gonna tell you, you know, another kid. Should be an outstanding
1: another kid I think uh, could play a big role is the Ole Miss transfer, Tyler Knight, who I think you're gonna see oh, yeah. play a lot of secondary positions, uh, special teams. Actually, was uh, was talking uh, to my boss yesterday afternoon, who uh, who follows Ole Miss pretty closely. Who Angela? He- your wife, yeah. <laughs> uh, he said uh, that this kid was really dynamic at Ole Miss, but he he was just playing behind a couple of young men that ended up in the NFL. Uh, he he asked me specifically about this kid, and I gather uh, he he has the he has the potential to be a big impact player on defense this year.
3: Oh yeah, when he was first signed, I remember you know talking to some people, and that that person said this guy. Is going to make immediate impacts on defense and his special teams, and he is electric when he's a returner. Now, think of this. You already had a pretty good returner back here in Cameron Harrell who returned to cost for touchdowns last year. So you add him to the mix uh, on punt return, and, yeah, got just do a bunch of different things, and, hey, you never know the way Will Hall likes to use different people, different things, I wouldn't be surprised later on the season if you saw him line up in the slot or something like that.
1: Yeah, he's very and fast, quick, isn't he? As fast as, yeah, he's real as, as fast. As quick
3: and as fast and as gifted as he is, those are the type of players that no matter what you try to get them the ball. You just do everything you can to put the ball in their hands and let them use their God-given athletic ability to uh, push the ball down the field.
2: Besides the obvious of these guys' skill set that they bring to the table, I think that Will Hall and his staff are kind of jockeying themselves. Why these transfer portal guys are so important, that Will Hall and his staff, you know, would be, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they marketed Southern Miss more as the Mississippi school where you can play because the schools up north in Starkville and Oxford, they're they're recruiting kids now from California and Arizona and Texas and things like this. But when you look at the Southern Miss Bunch, there's a lot of Mississippi kids that are going to play and start for this team. So I think that's going to be really significant going forward and could use that as a way of rebranding itself, the Mississippi school where Mississippi kids get to play. Yeah, and
1: uh, Mississippi kids are tough. Yes. you They're good football players. So, Heath, uh, about a minute and a half left. Uh, What do we expect to see here in the opening game? Hugh Freeze had a really a dynamic quarterback last year, an NFL caliber player. You say he has a really good starter now. Not, I don't know that he's the, the caliber of the last kid, but uh, you know, Liberty's been pretty dynamic the last couple of years. Do you anticipate a big drop off, or do you think a really good team comes in here in two weeks?
3: I'll be honest, with you, I think a really good team. I think Hugh Freeze, what he has up here at Liberty right now, with all the money they got in place. And the facilities they have to bring players in. Um, Charlie Brewer is a guy that I think they're probably going to throw it a little more than they did. He's probably a, an all-in-all all better passer, uh, than the, the last year what he had last year. So I think they might pass a little more. But talk about Hugh Freeze—they're going to be dynamic on offense. No matter what you think of Hugh Freeze, when he was at Old Miss, they had dynamic offenses, and he's had good offenses since, he, since he's been at Liberty. I know the off quarterback, but I just don't think that you're going to see a Liberty team come in with an anemic offense. I what? think they're going to be able to score. The big thing is can Southern Miss hold them, uh, can get some stops, and then that offense, you know, on a defense that's replacing a lot of players at Liberty, Southern Miss offense can to have to move the ball and find ways to do it and uh, score. So it, it's, it's an interesting matchup between two teams that a lot of question marks, but both coaching staff believe that they can be pretty good, so
1: it should be fun. All right, Heath, thank you. I'll tell you what I think about Hugh Freeze, that he had the best Ole Miss football teams they've had in the past 20, 25 years. Won the Sugar Bowl,
2: beat Alabama very, very good when Hugh Freeze was there. And a side note with Liberty, Bob, the two basketball teams, Southern Miss and Liberty, are going to play this year as well. All right,
1: Heath, talk to you next week. Thanks, friend. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good one. Heath Hinton, Big Old Nation. When we come back, We'll talk to defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong, Quentin Bivens, a defensive tackle going to continue down the path of Southern Miss football on the Eagle Hour.
3: Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
1: They are thanks to Heath Hinton, Big Old Nation, for joining us in the first segment of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Always enjoy our conversations with Heath. Good football team going to come in here, Kelly Santer. Uh, and Liberty University.
2: You remember when Hugh Freeze was on our show a month or so ago, he was kind of joking about, oh, yeah, you wouldn't be talking about us fixing the game if, I didn't you... Buy that. Yeah, if you saw us in spring drills. <laughs> Did but... you? No, I didn't I either. But uh, And, and there, that program is just the, to the point now where they're going to be competitive every year. Campus
1: Book Mart uh, sponsors the second segment of the Eagle Hour every day. We're glad they're due. We hope that you'll uh, buy all your Southern Miss apparel from Miss Kathleen and her great staff. They're located on Hardy Street right across – from the Southern Miss campus. And uh, you can also shop them online at campusbookmart.net. All right. I want to remind you about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. You can hear it each and every day on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, in, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And uh, we hope that that's what you'll do if you can't catch us live. And we appreciate everybody that tunes into the podcast. Okay. Earlier this week, and Luke is back with us now, uh, from our studios uh, in Laurel, uh, earlier this week Kelly Sander was at practice. Had an opportunity. We've talked a lot about how good the defense is going right. to be. So Kelly goes to the horse's mouth, so to speak, talks to Austin Armstrong. And before we play this soundbite, Kelly, a synopsis of, uh, of of your impression
2: from the interview. He is meticulous and he is organized, and he is going to he is going to give us here on the Eagle Hour a complete look at the entire defense position. By position, So if you don't think he knows what's going on with every person on that side of the ball, he himself will break down how the Southern Miss defense is doing right now.
1: Here's defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong.
2: Coach, everybody we talked to around the league is buying your defense. Um, It was good last year. Just give us an overall report card of where you think we are this time about nine days before the opener.
4: Well, that's extremely flattering and uh, I appreciate the people's kind words, but that was last year's unit, you know what I mean, ever since – we got back in January in our off-season program going into fall, uh, spring ball and summer work and fall camp. You know, this this new group has had developed their identity, right? And I think they've done a really, really good job so far. We've had a good – good uh, all four of our phases of camp, right, through spring ball, summer OTAs, fall camp. We're here at the end of it right here. So I've been pleased with their work. You know, I think obviously the thing that stands out from a personnel standpoint is that we have a lot of depth up front. You know, we have – we feel comfortable playing right now about – six to seven guys we need another guy to step up we've got a lot of size and girth there which allows us to be very multiple you know an inside linebacker right now I think we're playing well you know we obviously had a you know a big loss in Hayes Maples you don't replace a person like Hayes Maples you manage without him um because he meant that much to our program, but Swagy Bozeman, Daylon Gill, Santrell Latham, TQ Newsom have all had really good camps. TQ has really grown, and Daylon's really stepped up from a, a scheme standpoint on the fact that he has, you know, thousands of less reps from meetings, practice, walkthroughs, than other guys that have been here. And then and you, you, know, you go to the secondary, you know, our star position, a lot of people call the nickel. You know, Tyler Knight and Cam Harrell are battling their butt off. I think they're both really, really talented players who are very cerebral and bring us a lot of juice out there, the ability to blitz. Uh, play man to man, do all the coverage variables we have. Then you add a safety, you know, you add Jay Stanley Malik Shorts. I think a pair of, you know, two safeties that are as good as anybody in this conference or our level who practiced the right way, have played a lot of football, can handle the tactical aspect of their positions. Then you got some young guys in there, Jay Jones, who's probably as physically a talented of a defensive back that we have. It's really grown a lot. And you had Jeremiah Robinson, who came over from wide receiver, a local kid here from Pedal. That's a really good player. It's growing every day. And then you, had, you throw J.D. Rutherford and Cam Knox in there to add us a little depth. And then at corner, you know, we feel good with about four or five guys playing out there. You know, you have Eric Scott and Atron Brooks returning, who played really good football for us last year. Then you had Brennan Tolles, who at the end of the year, the last five games, I think he started four of the five. As a young guy, he's played really good camp for us, especially playing the ball. And you had Michael Caraway over there. You know, a kid from Jefferson Davis, local kid, played at Pearl River, really growing and doing a good job for us. Then you had a transfer in Jay Hampton, uh, Mark McCorn from Jones, who was here before, is doing a good job, and Lakevious Daniels helping us there a little bit with some depth. So I've been pleased with that. You know, at this point, this time of the year is kind of my favorite because it's an opportunity to hit, you know, hit, restart, develop the identity. You know, we've got to continue to get better. Um, from a tactical standpoint, we've got the most important thing we got to get better are fundamentals relentlessly pursuing the football and tackling. You know, I mean, tackling is the most important thing uh, in defensive football. And if you come watch us practice, I don't know if anybody works, works it more than we do. So I've been pleased with their efforts so far.
2: On the defensive line, the guys that have been getting all the ink are these SEC transfers that have come in here, which has, you know, caused the log jam. So how are they fitting in? Where will they fit in? Or do you know at this point?
4: Well, you know, the thing there is that the thing that has been so good for us, is, you know, we based out of a 3-3-5, but we're not – you know, Joe Lee Dunn, 3 I always said that he's a phenomenal job for such a long time. We're not a team that plays like that. You know, we play with three guys that we call D-line. We play with our field defensive end, right, which we call the F position. That's played by Christian Booth, okay, who's a returner, who's done a really good job, very coachable guy, technician. You add Roderis Lewis from Jones Jr. College, who's from Prattville, Alabama who I think is as talented as anybody on our roster. You know, I think he's sitting at 6'2", 285, 290 right now. Um, you had Jordan Mahaffey there, another local kid that played at Jones, uh, who's a big person, big body. But that position is so important to us because it gives us a truly an ability to play four down and three down, right? So, you know, we have a tremendous toolbox here. We have a lot of volume, and that position is probably the most important position in our defense. And you go to our nose position, which plays head up with a center and interior defense alignment to the field. You had Josh Ratcliffe as a returner who's been very productive this camp. You had Jalen Williams from Tylertown who played at Jones, an Arkansas transfer, done a phenomenal job, very cerebral, learning how to play the outside techniques a little better. And you had D'Amico Rowland, right, junior college transfer, doing a good job for us, got his body right. I've been really proud of him. He got his grades right this summer, transformed his body, where he's able to help us a little bit. And then you got our, our boundary position, our end, which is truly a defensive lineman. Quentin Bivens from Wayne County, Ole Miss, who's, who's a very good player. Then you add Armandus Cooley there, who's done a great job for us as well. Uh, so that group, you know, the depth that we have there, we're looking for one or two more people to earn it and add value to that group. But we feel good about it, the ability to play multiple fronts, and techniques is huge for us right now.
1: All right, you heard Coach Armstrong uh, reference a lot of players, in, including Quentin Bivens from uh, Wayne's, Waynesboro. Here's what Quentin had to say to Kelly about the excitement uh, surrounding the defensive team here at Southern Miss.
2: All right, Quentin, just tell us how it's going. How you made the adjustment and where you think you guys are at this point on that side of the ball.
5: Oh, uh, it's, going, it's going pretty good, you know. By like, adjusting to the defense, I, I ain't never played no defense like this, so... Um, like I adjusted pretty well. Like it's going good. Like I'm loving it here. I love the defence. I love Coach Hall, Armstrong, Lacey. I love them all. I love it. I just love it. Here.
2: What was it about your skill set you think that uh that they felt like they needed you here at Southern men?
5: Uh I think like I can strike, I can get off blocks. And like I'm an older guy so I can catch on to stuff faster. Uh, that's not what's was already right, though.
2: So maturity, you think, has a lot to do with this? Yes, sir. Okay. So now you guys are like nine nine days away. At what point will Liberty really start to take shape in, in y'all's uh, minds and in practice?
5: Um, Monday. We will start on Liberty Monday, pretty sure.
2: Okay. Um, now, is there anything in your game that you're a little bit concerned about? Or are there any aspects of your game that you're particularly happy with?
5: Uh, right now, I'm probably just pass rush. I'm, I'm a good run stopper, but, like, you know, I'm, de- I'm still developing.
2: What's the key to being a better pass rusher?
5: Uh, Just keying, keying my blocks better, you know, getting off the ball. Okay, and some of the guys that you're working around, um,
2: how, is that, has that been a difficult adjustment to make? Or tell us how you've done that.
5: Uh, no, sir, I'm, I'm, I'm used to adjusting people and, like, getting along with other people, so it's really not that bad. Good luck, man. Hope you have a great season. Appreciate it.
1: All right, Quentin Bivens, everybody. Before that, the defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, Luke Johnson. A lot of confidence on the defensive line. Going to be a, I think, a different looking defensive team than last year, primarily because of increased talent and depth.
0: Yeah, they will. And and when you heard what Armstrong was saying about, you know, with the down linemen. When you play that three three five, it allows you to be able to bring pressure, especially if your front three are good from from multiple multiple levels of the defense. And a guy that I think is going to he, he he's going to excel greatly is a guy that Austin Armstrong mentioned, Dalen Gill. I watched him. I just went back while we were listening to interviews and and looked back at his stats when we covered him at Jones. Um, you know, on Super Talk, in two years at Jones, he had one hundred and twenty three tackles, thirty seven tackles for loss, and nine sacks. And he's going to play well in this defense because of his speed, um, being able to blitz. So you, you hate the fact that you lose Maples, but you get an experienced guy who, uh, Dalen Gill, Mississippi kid, but the transfer from Ole Miss. We will be talking about him a lot on this defense this year.
1: And, and one thing that strikes me, too, and you mentioned this earlier, Kelly, is how many kids you heard Armstrong talk about that are local kids.
2: That's great. And even more amazing to me, Bob, this is radio, obviously, so you can't see him. All of those names were off the top of his head. Oh, no question. And that must have been 25 kids, probably, that he was talking about. He knew their names. He knew their positions. He knew their hometowns. He knew how they were contributing to this team. I'm telling you, he is meticulous, Mm -hmm. methodical. And um, he's on top of this defense, one way or the other. And you and
1: I both experience the same thing with every single kid. It's yes sir, no sir, Mister Bob, Mister Kelly, just as polite as they can be. They're just such good boys. <laughs> they really are. I they I really think they easy to cheer for. That's for yeah, sure. There's no question about that. All right, we're going to continue the Eagle Hour on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. to the top hey third segment of the eagle hour sponsored by fourth street bar and grill that's where we'll be the friday before football season kicks off it's where you should be every day for lunch it's just nine dollars and 95 cents and it's a man it's like a working man's lunch Uh, that includes your tea and your tax and all the food i guarantee you that you can eat for lunch at fourth street bar and grill All right, a week from tomorrow, we'll be at Mo Bay Beignet Company for a two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour to kind of officially kick off uh, football season, and uh, we are lining up uh, guests as we speak. We're expecting uh, Jeremy McClain to join us. uh, Spoke to Coach Oz today. He is the definite. He's going to be with us. Lee Roberts is going to be with us. We're reaching out uh, to the Perfect Ten. Uh, Hopefully, we're going to get Reggie down uh, to kick off football season as well, so we're going to have a good time bay Beignet, and you'll have a good snack if you go down there because the beignets are absolutely <laughs> there's, delicious.
0: There's actually like, you know, Hattiesburg rumor mills are, are suggesting there might possibly be somewhat of a buffet there that day. Wow! For for special people. Wow!
2: I was going to say there there won't wow. be any snacks for me. It'll be a full blown. No, <laughs> oh, you're going to be there, Kelly? Feed bag heck oh, the, yeah! No. Well,
0: I, I just heard that they canceled that that buffet. <laughs>
1: Lots of good food that week. Mo Bay on uh, Wednesday, Fourth Street on Friday. I'm kind of looking forward to that week myself. Yeah, I'll be with you boys on both of those occasions. Part of the, the reasons
2: we also love football season, right? We get fed well. Hey, no question about that. All right, you were you
1: were out in the first segment, Luke. We were talking to Heath Hinton. He was talking about the the kid that's uh, transferred in from Utah, uh, named a starting quarterback, uh, Charlie, 4, Charlie Brewer, four thousand yards in his career passing, and what a guru Hugh Freeze seems to be in developing a transfer quarterback now I've heard a lot about they lost this NFL quarterback they had last year and they're going to be really down and when we had Hugh Freeze on the show a couple of months ago he said well if you saw our spring football game you wouldn't be worried about us I'm not buying any of that I think that uh I think there will be a handful Luke Johnson
0: yeah I mean you look at last year they coming off 10 wins you felt like they should have been better than they were last year, um, but one thing's for sure: when, whenever you know Charlie Brewer is named your starting quarterback, you're talking about a guy who phenomenal at Baylor for four years. Didn't work out at Utah, but when you go back really uh, and you look at the the 2019 season. Is, uh, is when Baylor was did so well, uh, he threw for three thousand yards, twenty one touchdowns, seven interceptions. Threw for three thousand yards the uh, the the year before in twenty eighteen as well. So he will fit into um, Hugh Freeze's offense quite nicely. And what what bothers me about that is that Brewer. Can be, you know, he will be a very accurate quarterback and experienced quarterback. He's seen Big Twelve defenses and he has uh, seen Pac twelve defenses. So you 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 feel like maybe with a new quarterback like we've been talking with Taquies, you get through the non conference portion of the schedule before you know you start seeing the maturity. Snap one, Liberty is going to have maturity at the quarterback position, which you know may make Hugh Freeze's offensive plan. Easier to execute, but he hadn't faced uh, Austin Armstrong either.
2: And what do you? What does he have to throw it to? Right. Now, obviously, the quarterback position is the most important position, even going down to junior high school football. But if you don't have the players to throw it to, that can also be an issue. And and that we don't know a whole lot about Liberty. But one of the things that I wanted to point out about this Southern Miss team when we talk about, you know, what's realistic to think win-wise, and Heath Hinton made a, a good point. Last year the Eagles were playing with 62 players, and FCS schools get 65. All right, so let's just, let's just use Northwestern State, who Southern Miss is playing this year. So Southern Miss was kind of the Northwestern State last year against everybody else. They had 62 players going up against fully funded, so to speak, other teams. And Southern Miss still found a way to win three games at the end of the year where they were handicapped personnel wise. Well, now they've got a full deck of cards. All right, going in there, the expectations aren't great, but they do have the same amount of players now as everybody else, and by all by all accounts, they're better players. So are we underestimating this southern football team just a little bit when you put it in that perspective?
0: I, I think you are. I think people are from a talent perspective, but you have got to have cohesive, you know, unity within the different phases on on the t- on the uh, field, so for instance, a a Liberty school that was down last year, even with Malik Willis, they were down from from 2020. They beat UAB 36 to 12. They beat Middle Tennessee 41 to 13. They beat North Texas 35 to 26. They got blown out by Louisiana, and they got beat by Army down the stretch. But you know they went they went three and zero are 4 and 0 they they uh, they beat Troy also 21-13. So 3 or 4 teams Southern Miss played last year, you know, they they beat them. What what concerns me about this game particularly is Liberty's defense. Last year only average they only gave up right over 300 yards. I think it was like uh, around 22 points a game. You know, Southern Miss is going to have to be you this will not be and I could be I could be dead wrong. But you're not going to be able to do everything you want to do offensively in game one. You're just not going to be able to do that uh, because of of Key's youth and because of, of it's just game one. And th- it's going to be a pretty stingy returning defense the Eagles facing Liberty. But you've also got Sam
2: Gregg, who wore a Liberty coach's shirt last year and is wearing a Southern Miss coach's shirt this year. So he's going to know that Liberty personnel, f- you know, from top to bottom. And what better way to be able to prepare? Now, obviously. You have to play the game and it has to be executed on the field, you know, come come Saturday, September 3rd. But I think going into and, and look, the first game and I don't care if it's baseball, basketball, and I don't care if you play like 162 games in baseball. The first game is so important, particularly in college football, because it sets the tone for the entire rest of the year. So the first game, it is so important that you play well. It's also important from this standpoint, too.
1: Week two, they have to go on the road for a very difficult game at the University of Miami. And you really don't want to start the year 0-2. The Liberty game could, in a lot of ways, to steal your phrase, set the tone for a lot of confidence and a lot of success, potentially, when you go to Miami. And just imagine for a minute if
2: you could pull off the first two. And and look, we've been very critical sometimes of, of our Southern Miss fan base, that they've been pretty fickle right if the team starts out 4 and 0 oh they're all in right but to your point bob if they they start 0 and 2 regardless that one right. of them was against That's miami right. Right. they start jumping ship yeah.
0: if if you beat liberty in game 1 you have the you have a great opportunity to start the season 3 and 1 and if you start the season 3 and 1 7 wins are a very much realistic possibility which i you know a couple things could happen Eight is probably the ceiling, like the absolute top of like the steeple ceiling for this team this year. Um, but seven would be quite an achievement at, at kind of six has kind of been our
1: average. No question. Seven. So if
0: you start three, if you start three and one, I mean, seven wins, is a real possibility.
1: Seven wins would be a fantastic year. A fantastic year.
2: Yeah. The only problem with that is then you'd have some folks in the Southern Miss fan base thinking nothing less than a national championship the next year. You're right. Well, you're
1: right about the fans. It was amazing the number of fans that I saw at the baseball regional that I had not seen all year long. It was just
2: amazing. It was amazing. So the start is really important. And we mentioned last week about how the Eagle Club numbers continue to creep up. Now, the final numbers won't be done until Halloween, right, in October. But I just think from a momentum standpoint – and from an excitement standpoint, if we can break those numbers of Eagle Club members and break the number of total donations, that that starts that ball rolling. And once it gets rolling, it's, it's sometimes very difficult to stop. All right,
1: here's a question for both of you guys in the last 90 seconds. Uh, I booked a guest yesterday that actually contacted us. We're going to have the executive director of the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame on the show Monday. And he wants to talk to us about the preseason picks for the Connerly trophy who from Southern miss could be on that list Luke
0: I will halls philosophy uh, where lots of guys are going to see the football I think hamstrings Frank Gore jr. just a little bit I could see where if if Brownlee gets in form you know if he's you know he's been dinged up some where Brownlee you know, if he went a thousand eleven hundred yards, I could I could see that happening. But I think probably it will be a defensive player. And it could be a guy, a guy like Dalen Gill. I mean, you know, that you would you know, he, he gets eighty tackles, ninety tackles. I think um I think um, there's there's a few more guys I think at that position. Um Brownlee and and Gill, I, I just think that they're going to share the rock so much that Gore's yeah. not going to you know get 11, 12. It would be to
1: nice to see a defensive player for a change win the Connerly Award, would it not? I mean, I think that would I think that would be great. That's Monday. Also, tomorrow, Keith Gill, the uh, commissioner of the Sunbelt Conference, scheduled uh, to do an extended interview on the Eagle Hour. We're 99% sure of that. They've told us that he's coming. Uh, we're, we're reaching out today to – to confirm here for the last few minutes, but we're really expecting uh, Commissioner Gill on the show tomorrow. We think that's going to be a
2: great interview. Yeah, and there are lots of things, obviously, that we want to ask them on behalf of you, the listeners. So we look forward to that opportunity. All right, we'll be back. Stay with us.
0: the top final segment on a rainy tuesday brought to you by d bat and d1 training a lot of rain continues kelly you were telling me uh during the break um a lot of there's some high schools that can't even practice outside and you know you think about fall ball and and uh but but d1 has d bat has all of that stuff you can do inside 70 yard indoor um Turf facility workouts, uh, batting cages. You, you. I heard that right, Senator. Right. You said some were some practice fields were underwater. Yeah,
2: right now? Pur- Purvis High School here in Lamar County. Coach Brad Hankins. I saw him and his uh, his football players practicing at Oak Grove on Saturday morning, and they've had to do that because their natural grass field has is just a mosh pit. Uh, with all this rain that we've gotten, it yeah. continues to rain here. and the weather forecast, if it holds true, for the next two weeks, there's over a fifty percent chance of rain every single day. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if some high school teams you know called D one and say, "Hey, can we get in there and you know work something because it's yeah. it's just getting nearly impossible if you don't have this turf with all this rain we've had.
0: D-Bat D one in Hattiesburg. DebatHattiesburg dot is the website. Look, Bob and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel. You see, this is it, it's just going back to the weather. It's it's one of these things that will drive coaches insane because you hope that it will be dry at the beginning of the season because once you shred a football field and it it's hard to get it back in the shape it was coming into the season, right?
2: Yeah, because the only way the only way it gets to get better is to stay off of it
0: yep and that you know we're recovering uh, on super talk laurel we're covering madison central and west jones on friday and west has that you know that field and man um you know they do a lot to it but once it gets shredded you know you just kind of sometimes you you play you look up in, in early october you're playing in the sandbox all right my brain froze last segment uh it's happening more and more i guess that means i'm approaching uh you you is age one day anyway I was. I meant to say Malik Shorts, um, along with a guy like Dalen Gill. Last year, led the Golden Eagles, 89 tackles, two tackles for loss. I was looking at Mississippi State and and Ole Miss. There was only three other guys in all three schools that had more tackles than Malik Shorts. So, you know, you put him back there, proven guy. I think he's another name um, for for sure uh, that could be um, Connerly.
1: Love that kid. He he came up to me, stuck his hand out. Mr. Bob, I'm Malik Shorts, and uh, that's how we started
2: the interview. Well, Classy kid. He'd have to reintroduce himself because he's put on about 20 pounds of muscle. Yeah, he looked like he could, uh, yeah. Yeah, he looks a lot different than he did last year, and and they're saying he's even quicker, faster, and stronger. So, man, that's, you know, I hope he has a, just a great year. He was going to be my, the name that I was going to mention uh, besides Brownlee as well, Luke, so we're kind of on the same page there. Let
1: me throw this out here real quick, and I won't throw out any names, but we got Luke working on something. I'm working on something. We're going to kick off football season next Wednesday. And there is a a possibility that in the first hour of the Eagle Hour, we could have three, arguably the three best quarterbacks, among the three of top four or five, but arguably among the three best quarterbacks to ever play at Southern Miss all in the same hour on the Eagle Hour.
0: Luke was a punter, though. So
1: Luke's going to come eat big yays and ask questions.
0: 75% completion percentage for my career at Southern
2: Miss. Hey, that's not bad. Hey, one one of the best quarterbacks to ever play at Southern Miss is making some headlines as he is moving from the Las Vegas Raiders Raiders. to uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Luke, fill in the blanks for us.
0: I didn't know Touchdown Tommy Waters lived in Nevada.
2: <laughs> hey, we love Touchdown yeah. Tommy, buddy. No, Vike. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Nick
0: Nick Mullins uh, moving from uh, Las Vegas uh, to Minnesota uh, just a couple days ago was traded um, from the Raiders to the Vikings for a uh, I think it's a twenty twenty four draft pick. So uh, he, it looks like he will be you know in the lead for uh, the backup position behind Kirk Cousins. So yeah, I mean. If if this is there, you know there came a point we're talking about about Austin. Austin had opportunities to start, and then just became basically a really reliable number two guy. And uh, man, there there is absolutely uh, nothing, uh, no shame whatsoever with being a solid number two Are you in the kidding? NFL. That's a great and, gig. Yeah, man. I mean it's a it's a <laughs> tremendous gig. So we we wish him all the best. And uh, yeah, I mean. Favre isn't in the NFC North, hasn't been for a decade, so I might cheer for Purple People Eaters if Nick Mullins is on the sidelines.
2: And Austin Davis, former Seattle Seahawk and college coach Austin Davis, has been named the color analyst for the ESPN Plus broadcasts of Southern Miss this year, along with Jason Baker, so he'll be able to shed uh, his insight. what a Fine college quarterback was
1: he, man. He was he was special. Southern uh,
2: Miss has had some great ones, really. He was when, special, you know, When though. you look down the line, you know. Uh, I think it's been a, almost a quarterback factory. Yeah, I mean, we don't need
1: to name them all off here, but if you're a Southern Miss fan, I mean, you can name five, maybe six quarterbacks off the top of your head that were elite college quarterbacks.
2: And did you see the story yesterday where Tom Brady supposedly was headed to the Raiders? The goat. And uh, and I and I said that would never happen because in that division he'd have to compete with Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert, and he's not well, going to be could
1: because he's the goat. He's
2: not going to be in a division where he has to compete at all. Hey, you, know?
0: you know what? You know what, Brady doesn't (laughs) have. Brady wasn't a Southern Miss quarterback. One of those Southern Miss quarterbacks, two-star general in the United States Army. Brady doesn't know anything about that. Jeffrey Hammond, our good friend.
1: All right, Commissioner Gill on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We're really looking forward to that, and uh, we hope you'll join us at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss, to the top.
0: into the future. Into the future
2: I wanna fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry
3: me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free I go through the world